All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Thursday edition. Patriots are going to play the Steelers in what seems like a yearly trip down to Pittsburgh. It's been a long time since the Steelers came to the Patriots, but that's okay because they can take care of business on the road. A lot to get to today. The playoff picture is as muddled as I've ever seen it this late in the season. I'm feeling muddled. Rich, are you clear at all? Because I have no clue what's going on. Oh, you know, playoff pictures are one of my favorite things to break down if you've read my posts on patspulpit.com. It's a lot of fun. I love looking at these scenarios. It's up there with the draft in my head for what is the most enjoyable part of the year, which is kind of, uh, I'm sorry, that's very nerdy sounding. I love the the football <laughs> and the stuff. Uh, no, I, I love it. I, I love figuring out which teams might be reaching the postseasons, which teams create the best or worst possible matchups. There's a lot to break down, man. I mean, there's three weeks left in the season. Thursday night football, Chargers at Chiefs, huge playoff implications in the AFC West. Chargers need to win this in order to potentially win the division. If not, they're pretty much locking themselves into that five seed. And so therefore, a lot of ramifications for the number four seed in the AFC. Uh, But Patriots locked up atop the AFC for that number two spot with the Houston Texans. They're on the road against the New York Jets whole bunch of teams muddled around at the bottom of the wild card spot. Alec, where do you want to start? What are some games that you want to break down? Yeah, I'm glad we're here, buddy, because I'm very excited to hear your predictions and your math and whatever needs to happen for the playoff picture to become a little more clear in this conversation. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can probably start with the the Chargers-Chiefs game. You kind of touched it a little bit. This is a huge game. The Chargers are so underrated. They're 10-3, and a better record than the Patriots. They are unstoppable it seems like they're very balanced on offense they have a good defense they have a good running game philip rivers is a hall of fame quarterback he just had his ninth kid i believe which is insane <laughs> he's now got a, a, a starting 11 of rivers if you wanted to field an entire team do you see the Chargers going into kansas city and winning this one uh i don't i don't think they will it's just it's a very tough situation for them but the chiefs are an incredible team that you know, the football world is fortunate that they have two losses. They have been very, very good at home. You got to respect that. Uh, they did lose to the Patriots on the road. They lost to the Rams on the road. That was by a combined six points against two of the best teams in the entire league. Every other game they've won, they've generally cleaned up at home. I know that they were forced into overtime by the Baltimore Ravens, but they still found a way to win. This is a Chargers team that lost on the road to the Rams lost at home to the Chiefs, and then they lost at home to the Broncos back in Week 11. Is this a team that can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs? Absolutely, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Phillips Rivers is having a career year. They have a lot of talent on offense, with Keenan Allen just being a dominant wide receiver, Melvin Gordon being one of the best running backs in the entire league, and Austin Eckler is a really good backup, change of pace, kind of uh, you know Darren Sproles, Danny Woodhead type out of that backfield. Do they have enough to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, though, is what I said is the big question. Can they defend Tyree Kill? Maybe. But you also got Travis Kelsey out there. This is not going to be easy. I expect the Chiefs to win. I don't know if it'll be a comfortable win because it's a divisional game and it can go any possible way. But I expect Kansas City to win, and that'll further kind of secure their position as the top team in the AFC, and they should have home field advantage for the entire playoffs. 
Yeah, I think I'm with you on this. It's interesting. The Chiefs needed overtime to beat the Ravens. It was a longer game, obviously, because of the extra quarter. And now they're on a short week. So maybe they're exhausted still. That could definitely factor in. But, yeah, Arrowhead is such a tough place to play, such a tough place to go. And the Chargers are, are in for a, a rough one, I think. Probably the most interesting game from a Patriots perspective is the Dolphins going to the Minnesota Vikings. Because if the Patriots beat the Steelers on Sunday and the Dolphins lose to the Vikings, they clinch the AFC East, correct? Oh, absolutely. That is definitely the only clinching scenario for the Patriots this week. Uh, they, they need to, the Dolphins to lose. That would give the Dolphins their seventh loss of the season. And if the Patriots beat the Steelers, that'll be their 10th win. And there would be no way for Miami to surpass the Patriots record. And the Vikings are the sixth seed in the NFC right now, not a deep lead by any means. So they need every single win they can get. They are at home, which is always good for Minnesota. Despite the fact the Dolphins beat the Patriots on Sunday, they're not that good of a team. I don't see the Vikings losing this game. I hope I'm right. Oh, I agree. I mean, this is a solid Vikings team. And I know that the Dolphins just beat the Patriots. They just seem like such a fluky, fluky team. They're fortunate to have seven wins. They very easily could be, you know, what, two in whatever, however many losses at this point in the year. This is a Vikings team that typically hasn't done well against teams with winning records. Is the Dolphins team good enough to go toe-to-toe with them? I don't know, particularly on the road. I expect everyone to be like, how did this Dolphins team beat the Patriots after that week? Just because it seems like that's just par for the course. Whatever team comes up, beats the Patriots, just collapses in the upcoming future weeks. And so I expect more of the same from Miami. How about, uh, I'm hoping you'll prove me wrong or give me reason to think otherwise, Rich. At 4.30 p.m. on Saturday... The 15th, because a lot of games are on, on a couple games on Saturday this uh, this weekend. So keep your keep your calendars turned for that. The Texans are playing at the New York Jets at 4:30 p.m. Is there any chance the you are now coming up lost to Colts? Go to the East Rutherford and get upset by That's Sam Darnold and company. Podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> that would be my my expectation, <laughs> and I, I expect the losing streak by defeating the Bills in Buffalo last week. They had won since week six. Are they good enough to beat the Houston Texans? No. Are they good enough to stick with the Texans? No. Definitely not. No, this is just, this <laughs> Jets team is not good. They are racing towards the bottom. I hope I am jinxing this, but I really doubt that that will be the case. I expect the Texans to win pretty comfortably, so the Patriots will know that they need to win against the Steelers in order to keep that number two seed, because if they lose and the Texans win, Texans are the number two seed, Patriots are the number three seed, and Houston has a very easy schedule for the rest of the year, and that would mean that it's likely that the Patriots will have to play on wildcard weekend. We cannot have that, Rich, which means the Patriots have to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Luckily, they've done well there historically. It's one of those places they just seem to win. Last year, though, they needed a last-minute interception from Deron Harmon and a weird fake spike and some tomfoolery to take place before that happened. And history dictates eventually the Steelers are going to win one against the Patriots in Pittsburgh. I hope it's not this week. However, the Steelers got embarrassed on the road in Oakland. They lost a game they really should have won. They kind of threw it away with some stupid 
field goals and some bad decision-making, whatever it is. So both teams kind of coming off embarrassing losses this week. Both teams really need to win this one. Early thoughts in this game, Rich. Are you confident or are you a little nervous? I am definitely a little nervous. You you never feel super confident when you go into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers team because they can play as well as any team in the league. They can play as poorly as any team in the league. And this has been the case all year. They've played down to their opponents. They've also played up to them. I mean, they, they tied the Browns in week one when the Browns were a terrible team. They've lost the past three games. Uh, they lost to the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders. They have been swept by the AFC West. That is not a good look for them. But, you know, they absolutely crushed the Carolina Panthers. They've beaten everyone else in their division. They just had their fun with the Atlanta Falcons. So they have some talent. They're just not a team I would take for granted, particularly because I expect them to play up to the level of competition against the Patriots. And they have a lot of players you have to defend. My big caveat is that it all depends on whether or not James Conner is going to be available to play. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. His availability is up in jeopardy. And if he does play, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. If not, they don't really have a running game. The Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the least productive rushing attacks in the entire league, which is kind of surprising for people that are, are, are you know, they hear James Conner's name. He's very, very productive as a high scorer but he does a lot of it as a receiver they haven't surpassed 100 rushing yards in four straight games it's something that the Patriots should be able to stop if they if they put up any backup other than Connor and that will allow the Patriots to defend Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown but I mean I'm not confident that the Patriots can go into Pittsburgh and win it's going to be a really tough fight Here's my problem, Rich. The Patriots have had a really, really hard time stopping the run recently. They couldn't do it against the Vikings. They couldn't do it against the the Dolphins. They had a really hard time getting gashed by guys like Frank Gore. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger, as good a quarterback as he is, is one that can carry an entire offense. And I think they need to run the ball. And I think even if James Conner can't go or if he's limited – the Pittsburgh Steelers are still going to see what happened the past couple weeks with this Patriots team, stick to the run, do a lot of high percentage passes, and then you're going to see a couple of long bombs to Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, and it's going to be a really, really big test of secondary. And I'm curious to see what you think about how they'd want to match up. Do you want to put Stephon Gilmore on Juju Smith-Schuster because of the size thing? Malcolm Butler, as much as he struggles and struggled with the Patriots, he was great against Antonio Brown. One of the things just mashed up really well. Do you, the Patriots have a guy that can match up on Antonio Brown? Do you put a, a cornerback with a safety on him and Gilmore on Island with Smith-Schuster? How do you attack this receiving core for the secondary of the Patriots? Yeah, and what makes it so tough is that both Smith-Schuster and Brown are number one wide receivers. So you, you can't go out and say, you know what, defend the top guy with uh, the number two cornerback and safety help and put your top cornerback on their number two on an island. That's just not the case. Juju Smith-Schuster is too explosive. Antonio Brown is too talented. If I were the Patriots, I would say put Stephon Gilmore on Juju Smith-Schuster, hope that he can do his thing and, and limit him in the same way that he's been super productive all year. And then you put the McCourty brothers against Antonio Brown and see what they can limit because uh, this is a very, very dominant duo. There's not too much depth at wide receiver beyond them number. You know, I mean, James Conner leads them in yards from scrimmage, but behind that you got Juju Smith, Schuster, Antonio Brown, and you got a pair of tight ends and Vance McDonald and Jesse James. Then you throw in slot receiver, Ryan Switzer, 
He has 242 yards from scrimmage. Behind that is another running back in Jalen Samuels, who's been backing up James Conner. So if I were the Patriots, I say, all right, Patrick Chung, you get their top tight end who's out there, uh, but you dedicate your defensive backs as many as possible, if not double both Smith Schuster and Antonio Brown and say, if you can beat us with Jesse James, so be it. I mean, I, I just don't want you to win with a single home run hit to Smith Schuster. Do you think, though, if the Patriots can adopt that strategy, maybe double wide coverage with safeties using their time to focus in on the receivers, if James Conner's healthy and he can go, wouldn't they need that safety help in the box? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's all predicated on Connor not playing or at least being super limited by his ankle injury. If James Connor's out there, that's part of why I don't have too much confidence is this is just a great trio right out there. I mean, we talk about how the Kansas City Chiefs had so much success against the, the New England Patriots defense when they had uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt. Who are you going to cover? Who are you going to double? Can you still do it? I mean, even if you double cover someone like Smith Schuster or Antonio Brown, they're still not entirely covered. They're that talented. So if James Connors out there, this Patriots run defense has been awful their defensive interior and linebackers have been very disappointing this year so james connor could just grind it out if the big question for me is if i'm the steelers will i be willing to dedicate my offense to running the ball too much because think of it this way the steelers rank 28th in the nfl in rushing attempts they rank 24th in yards per attempt they rank first in pass attempts. So this is a team, even if they could have success on the ground running the ball, they're still far more likely to pass it. And I would expect the Patriots to recognize that and say, I'm going to dedicate more of my defensive resources to stopping the pass. We'll put our safeties out there. We'll be in our heavy nickel. That'll have Harmon, McCordy, and Chung out there because the Steelers rely on their tight ends. But I'm going to be in the nickel because they're going to pass the ball so much. You just have to be ready for it. That's why I'm actually have Trey Flowers as my X Factor for today because they are going to pass the ball a lot. Roethlisberger is a very hard quarterback to bring down. I believe he hurt his ribs or something along those lines in the game last week against the Raiders, but he came back out. He's probably the toughest quarterback out there or one of the toughest quarterbacks out there. Bringing him down is going to be imperative. Banging him up is going to be imperative. And the only real force on the defensive line the Patriots have is Trey Flowers. He's going to have to ball out. Keep Roethlisberger in the pocket, force him to hold on to it too long or release it too early to find force an interception because if he has a long time to throw back there or worse, he's able to scramble around and roll right and extend the play. You just can't cover Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown for six, seven, eight seconds. You just can't do it, and he's got the arm strength to haul one deep down the field they can bring him in. So if Trey Flowers can't get the Roethlisberger, it's going to be a long day. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, the, the Patriots will need to do whatever they can to get to Roethlisberger. Flowers has been the lone bright spot other than Lawrence Guy and the entire defensive interior. So he needs to be doing Trey Flower things because if he is a ghost, this is going to be a very long day. Uh, for me, my X factor is going to be Dante Hightower. Uh, if he can have a good day in the middle of the field, if he can be the one that provides the pressure blitzing up the gut to disrupt Ben Roethlisberger if he can not be taken advantage of as a coverage man if he can stop the run well Patriots should do well we mentioned this on the last podcast that the Patriots have struggled mightily against the run on first down they rank sixth worst in the entire league in yards allowed per carry on first down runs and so 
I need Dante Hightower to lead the Patriots run defense on first down, force the Steelers into long down situations and expect that your secondary will be able to be up to the task as they've been all year. It's really been the Patriots run defense that has let them down late and they need their leader in the defensive front and Hightower to really be productive. Speaking of running the ball, Rich, the Patriots struggled to run the ball against the Dolphins, which is interesting because the Dolphins were not a good run defense team. They decided to zero in on it. Sonny Michel was a leading rusher for the Dolph- of the Patriots last week. I think he had 77 yards on 20 carries. It was a, a 57 yards, excuse me, 57 yards on, on 20 carries and 77 yards total as a team. The Steelers are not a very good defense, as you mentioned. How are they against the run? And you see Sony Michel, Rex Burkhead, and company have success against that front seven. Yeah, I mean, this is a Steelers defense that plays to the level of their competition. They've not been great against the pass. They have a solid defensive front. And so that's my thing, is if I'm in Patriots, what is the big weakness? It's not their defensive front. If the Steelers have invested so much of their draft capital and their resources to their defense, but their big hits have been on that front, TJ Watt is a very, very solid outside linebacker pass rusher. You got Javon Hargrave, Cameron Hayward, and Stephon Tuitt up on the defensive line. Three very disruptive players. You have Bud Dupree playing opposite of TJ Watt. He's emerged recently and is very, very good on the outside edge. Got Vince Williams on the inside. Same with former Patriots Jonathan Bostic as a a fine linebacker duo. I'm not going to say they're great, but they are fine. But you compare that to their secondary, I, I just think that the Patriots would rather challenge, you know, maybe not specifically Joe Hayden, but they'll go out there after the Mike Hilton's, Sean Davis's, the Terrell Edmonds, like the rookie. They're going to go after those players in the secondary. They're going to try and outsmart them. They're going to try and take advantage of the zone blitzes that the Steelers like to do on their defensive front, sit in the open spots and move down the field. This should be a very pass-heavy game for New England. It's interesting how the Steelers don't really seem to change their defensive scheme from year to year, and Tom Brady's kind of had them figured out from the get-go. You figured they'd adjust and adapt over the years, and they see Tom Brady shredding this zone defense like you talked about, but they just don't do it, which is probably another reason why Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski do so well against the Steelers. Now, the problem I'm having, though, Rich, I feel like the Patriots, they played really well offensively on Sunday against the Dolphins, defensively not so much, and less than points on the board. Are you worried at all about Tom Brady's knee? I know he tweaked it a little bit in the Miami game. He said it's just the knee brace, digging into the wrong spot. That's a very classic Tom Brady answer. The facts are there in that his accuracy and zip and everything was significantly diminished after that knee injury happened. Anything you've heard about the injury and should we be concerned about it? I don't know, man. I mean, this is something that the Patriots will never be open about the status of any of their injuries. So we'll have to wait and see how it's going to play out. It did affect him. I mean, whatever injury he suffered really affected him in the second half against Miami. His numbers fell off the face of the earth compared the first half to the second half. Wasn't great. There wasn't any two, like any big adjustments by Miami. It's just that he wasn't able to complete those plays that he was doing in the first half. So hopefully he'll be able to shake it off. I don't have any updates on that one. But I don't expect any long-term issues. He did finish out the game. Uh, he's always been one of the tougher quarterbacks in the league. He'll fight it out. It really just emphasizes how important that bye week will be for the Patriots and why they have to beat the Steelers. And if you're looking at the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to say Julian Edelman is going to be my X factor because 
Tom Brady, they're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, particularly if his knee is bothering him. They're not going to want him holding onto the ball, facing that sort of pressure. And when you have those zone blitzes, whatever gets open in the middle of the field, particularly for those slot receivers, that's going to be the money play. And I expect Edelman to be heavily utilized against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, whether sitting in that middle zone or just going to the outside when he has linebackers in coverage and Brady's going to have to find him quickly. So Edelman's going to have to be that safety blanket against Pittsburgh and he needs to have a big game. Yes, he does. And he usually does against the Steelers, which is nice. I'm actually happy to get my X factor because I feel like this wouldn't have been an X factor for so long because he was such a, a focal point of the offense, but not so much anymore. I'm going with James White as Ooh. my X factor. He, he's kind of been a, in, in a good way. He hasn't really been the focal point of the offense the past couple of weeks. Tom Brady's looked elsewhere toward the open guy, which has been Josh Gordon, Edelman, Cordero Patterson, whoever it is. He's thrown at those guys. He was so heavily zeroed in on White earlier in the season that it would have been very facetious of me to pick him as the X factor. But as an outlet back, as a scat back, as a blitz pickup guy, I think White will give a nightmarish scenario to the linebackers of the Steelers are not great in coverage. Good mismatches there. And the Steelers have a good pass rush. So for the same reason Edelman's going to be good for your X-Factor as an outlet guy, I think White serves a similar role, maybe a shorter shorter routes, closer to the goal line. And I can see White juking his way for maybe like maybe nine catches for maybe 80 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. Ooh, I like that. And I mean, we got to talk about James White a little bit here. He's having one of the more unsung seasons in Patriots memory. Dude has a th- over, he cracked a thousand yards last week against the Dolphins. I don't know if anyone's talked about it. He has over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns this year. It's got to be one of the stronger running back seasons for the Patriots under Bill Belichick. And no one's really talking about it. I like that pick a lot. James White has been under the radar. He hasn't really been utilized since Rex Burkhead's been back. Uh, he was utilized a little bit less when Sony Michelle just got back from his injury against the Titans. But you'll, you'll look over the past four games. They've really toned down their utilization of him. I expect they need to crank it up. Maybe they're just keeping him safe for that final push, same way that they've been treating Rob Gronkowski, putting them in bubble wrap because they are so important. This is one game where you have to unleash them, and James White is such a good part of that Patriots offense. He leads the team in targets, in receptions. He's going to have to have a big day out there. I like that a lot. So that's good, Rich. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you you met your approval. Now, so the Steelers and Patriots are playing, as we said, Patriots win, Miami loses, Patriots clinch the AFC East. That means that if I'm right in that prediction, then if that happens, and hopefully it will, the following week, we're going to get too far ahead of ourselves. I want to kind of try and iron out this playoff picture a bit because it's really, really crazy. Everyone's still alive technically except for basically the – the Jaguars, Bills, Jets, and Raiders in the AFC. And it's the Cardinals and nine in the NFC. But focusing on the AFC, so Patriots beat the Steelers, Dolphins lose to the Vikings, Pats are AFC's champs. The following week, the Patriots can beat the – who they play next? The Jets next week? The Bills. The Bills next week. After, the Bills after that. And if they, if they win and the Texans lose, they are guaranteed a first-round bye, correct? So if the Patriots win their next two games, they'll move to 11-4. and four. They will have one game left. They need to have gained at least one game on the Texans between now and Week 15. So whether the Texans lose to the Jets this week or they lose to, I believe it's the Jaguars next week, or who are they playing in Week 16? Uh, they're not, the Eagles, I think, right? Yeah, they are on the road, I think, against the Eagles, right? And so if, if they lose yep. to either of those teams and Patriots win both of their next two games, Patriots will clinch that first-round bye. 
Got it. All right. And they I, I think it's safe to say at this point, barring some kind of epic collapse, they have virtually no shot at that one seed now. Yeah. I mean, this is a Chiefs team. They do have some difficult games. I mean, they could theoretically lose to the Chargers and they could lose on the road to the Seahawks next week. Uh, that is a Sunday game. That is the Sunday night in week 16. And if that were the case and the Patriots win their next two games, I mean, they're back in the saddle. I, I just don't expect that to happen. This is a Chiefs team that has been very, very good. And I, I don't see them faltering in both of those games. I could see them falling in one. But asking for them to lose two of their final three games seems a little out of the question in my mind. No, I agree with that one. And the good thing is about the Steelers losing to the Oakland Raiders is even if the Steelers were to beat the Patriots this this coming Sunday, they'd be eight five and one versus nine and five. Pats have more wins; they're still ahead of them in the projections. That's how it works with, works with ties. So that's a good thing. So I feel like the Patriots, the worst they're going to finish this year, hopefully it won't happen. But I think the worst they finish this year is a three seed. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at the big playoff picture, that's still better than that four seed because you get to avoid the Chargers. But I have a question for you, Alec, is that if you look at the, let's say, five teams that are currently jockeying for that six seed, you got four teams tied at seven and six with the Ravens, the Colts, Dolphins, and Titans. And then we throw in the Broncos at six and seven. They're the ones primarily racing for that final seed. If the Patriots were to fall and be that number three spot, they would play one of those five teams. Who would you most want to play and least want to play? I'd most want to play the Dolphins because the Patriots don't lose the Dolphins in Foxborough. They always lose in Miami, but they rarely lose in, in Foxborough. So I would definitely take them. And the obvious answer is the Ravens. And, of course, it's probably the answer I'd take. But to kind of just bring a little variety to our podcast this week, Rich, I'll say the Colts. I think the Colts are due to beat the Patriots, but I think the Steelers are due to beat the Patriots eventually. And Andrew Luck is on fire right now. The Colts are really coming into their own. They're a very dangerous team at the moment. I think they need some breaks to go their way for them to get into the playoffs, which aren't pretty likely to happen. But if they do get those breaks and they keep winning, they finish 10-6 and six and they are red hot, who knows? There could be one of those things where just momentum is a, a very big thing in the NFL, and they could ride that momentum to a, a massive upset at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want them to play the, the Colts because I agree. I think they are the strongest of those five teams. Uh, I, I still am afraid of the Ravens for some reason just because I don't know what they would do against Lamar Jackson. I could see the, the, that being one of those games where you're just shaking your head because the defense can't do anything to keep him in the pocket or prevent him from gaining stuff with his legs. Would not want to see that happen. I do think that the game I would most want to happen is for the Dolphins to be that sixth seed because there is no way that the Dolphins would be able to come into New England and beat the Patriots in the divisional round after this game. Maybe if the Patriots had won that game, they might overlook the Dolphins. This is going to leave a bad taste in the Patriots' mouth for the rest of the season, is losing to the Dolphins in Miami. There is no way, right? There's no way that the Dolphins could come into New England and win. No, there's not. And that's a good thing about that because the Patriots are going to be mad, and I like that about them. However, Rich, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We can't really talk about playoff seeding and playoff positioning and playoff matchups until we get into the playoffs, and technically the Patriots are not there yet. It starts this Sunday at Steelers. Prediction time. We both had the Miami Dolphins losing last week, so we both get a big fat zero for predictions last week. Uh, I picked the week before, but I wasn't overly happy with my first pick because we were both pretty close in our predictions. So I will seed first pick of predictions to you this week, Rich. Patriots at Steelers, what do you got? Oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, it, 
it's not going to be easy because the Patriots don't travel well yet this year. They've been pretty, pretty brutal. All four of their losses have come on the road. They only have, uh, I believe, three victories on the road, and they've been to the Bills and the Jets are two of them. So not too high hopes for the Patriots to win this one in any sort of convincing fashion. But I do expect the Patriots to win this one. It should be super close. I would expect it to be another one of those last-second Patriots need to defend a Ben Roethlisberger drive. Patriots managed to hold on to win 27-24. 27-24. Wow. I have almost the exact opposite thing happening, Rich. I have the Steelers winning this game, to be honest with you. I think, like I said, they're due. They've been historically owned by the Patriots. They're not a good road team this year. The Patriots are not. I, I don't think they're going to bounce back as well as we'd like them to against the Steelers for that Miami loss. I think they will have a 25-20 to 20 lead coming into a late scenario, maybe one minute and 30 seconds left. Long bomb to Antonio Brown. Pass interference. Touchdown. Steelers win this one 27-25. Oh, that's so painful because I can see it all playing out. I see yeah. this, Alec, and I don't like it. I hope that I am right and you are not. Me too. I hope that I you are just the wrongest person ever, and we get to talk about how the Patriots are AFC East champions for the 10th straight year uh, on patspulpit.com. We'll have more information previewing the upcoming game on the website. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 15 of the NFL season? No. God. I do not. This should be a really fun week. Really fun week. Really excited for these games. It's crazy that we only have three weeks left of football before the playoffs start. Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm, this year has flown by. It's been a pleasure, Alec. And until next time, you have a good one. See you, bud. Later, man. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.